if you make a mistake, you have to acknowledge the mistake and then figure it out and have to have confidence in yourself that you can figure it out. And if you can't, then you share it with other people like on She Renovates or with Wonder Women and people help you solve your problem. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Mary Newland is a successful renovator and Airbnb host. And over the last few years, she's teamed up with her daughter, Lila, to complete an avocado smash project that produced the deposit for Lila's first home. They have renovated two of Mary's existing investment properties and listed them on the short-term rental market to significantly increase the income on them. They have established a successful luxury Airbnb hosting business called Executive Home Rentals. Mary's also mentored some of our other women on several other projects. She's become the go-to person in her area, which is in around the Macedon Ranges. And her most recent project was another avocado smash project for her son. Now, Mary's going to come and talk about that today, really the ins and outs of doing an avocado smash strategy. And some of the things I'm going to be asking her are why someone who probably doesn't really need to work and is in the time in her life when, you know, most of her friends are looking at her saying, what are you doing that for? Could be lunching every day. What is it that motivates her to actually get out there and renovate? Because she is uh, like a legend in our community and she is definitely not winding down. Some of the other things that we'll be talking about is the impact that renovating has on your kids in terms of the ripple effect. She'll talk about some of the challenges that she's had on her most recent project and The fact that every project has challenges, that's part of the role of a renovator to actually negotiate your way through them. So I think this is going to be a really juicy episode and yeah, enjoy it. Welcome, Mary. How are you? Very good, thank you. So Mary's been on the podcast before and she is one of our, I think I'd say you're a high achiever. She has been working on her plan for quite a few years and she's just been ticking off the goals as she goes. And just to give you a little quick bit of background, Mary's done some Avo Smash projects with each of her children. She set up a successful Airbnb, luxury Airbnb business, which she has partnered with her daughter Lila with. And she's just sold a project in Essendon and made a very, I think, quite a good profit on that. So that's the one that we're going to talk about. So this was an avocado smash renovation, wasn't it, Mary? Yeah, it was. Well, it was supposed to. My son was overseas when settlement day arrived and he came home. Uh, Let me see. He did actually see it before it was sold. But yes, he one of these very lucky people who had no input and yet he made quite a tidy little profit out of it. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's yeah but we do it because we love them and we want to see them do well and yeah oh, yeah that's right and in look in hindsight even though COVID did add costs and it took a lot longer than what we wanted to it gave us at least a project that we were able to work on and saved our sanity I think so it, yeah that, that was good when I say we I mean my husband and myself and my daughter so that was good to have a project I'm trying to think about the questions that something someone listening to this might want me to ask. Do you mind if we just quickly talk, just broadly, talk about how you finance the project? So did you actually buy it in, in Nick's name? We did because he was a first home buyer. So we he purchased it in his name. We financed it. So therefore the stamp duty that he had to pay was, I think it was half because that was the scheme that was going on at that particular moment. So that was the main reason we did it. It did mean then that we had to hold on to it for a year, but because there was quite a lot of um, work to be done, all, all cosmetic, there wasn't any, n- nothing really structural. We thought that would be, you know, a good time frame. It ended up taking nearly two years because of the restrictions that we did have with COVID and just the yeah, trying to coordinate trades when they could work, when they couldn't work. It, everyone was a bit confused. I think we had six lockdowns in the end and it was yeah, no one knew what was happening anyway. So, but yes, that, so basically, yes, that's how we did it. Awesome, awesome. So let's talk about the project. So it, it, it was a, a home unit, would you say? Yeah, so it's what they call a villa unit. So it was, it was probably built in the, in the 70s and the reason um, that he wanted a villa unit was because it would be single story, no neighbours above him, and they are generally larger than the new units that are on the market now. And it had it had quite a decent backyard size, so that was the reasoning for his purchase there. And the area he went to school in Essendon, loves the area, and this was literally a hundred steps away from the supermarket complex and from the one of the main roads running through us and so close to public transport. The location was ideal. Yeah, awesome. And so do you want to tell us a little bit about the scope? And we'll put some images in the show notes. So but so in terms of what you did to add the value to the property. Okay. Well the first thing that we did was when you came in the front door, you basically walked straight into a wall. The original idea was to remove that wall to open it up so that you could look into the living space so that you had a, a more open feeling. However, that was a structural wall and to put a beam in would have been too expensive to do in in the long run. So what we ended up doing was we left the wall but we stripped the plaster off both sides and kept the upright. We kept the plaster on the bottom half of the wall and we basically turned it into a bookcase, an open bookcase. So that meant that that the wall was still there. It didn't compromise the integrity of the structure, but it gave you that vision through into into the living space and it let the light in from the windows. So instead of walking into this dark little hallway, you opened up into a, yeah, quite a lovely area. The second thing was the backyard. It was full of very mature shrubs and trees, so we got rid of those. 
and put decking down. So that was quite a big expense, but it just gave a whole different feeling to the whole house. So now walking in and, and being able to see that lovely backyard, it almost had like a resort feeling. It was really, really quite nice. Obviously, we painted everything a very light colour, white. We replaced the kitchen, more on that later. We replaced the bathroom and the laundry and then basically painted and all new flooring throughout because we had, I think, two different colour carpets and three different style of tiles on the floors. So just replacing that with a laminate timber made a huge difference. Yeah. And so... Did you have a reasonable understanding of who your market was? Like, I'm not I'm assuming you would, but just, yeah, who, who did you think you were renovating for and who actually bought it? Right. Well, when we had bought it, we also consulted some of the agents in the area, not only the selling agent, but two other agents to ask their opinion if it would be more a young professional couple or perhaps someone that was downsizing that's what we aimed for, someone that would be able to, as downsides, or would be able to afford that little bit more and a professional couple also. So we tried to cater for both and, yeah, I think we, we did that. We ended up selling to an older lady who what was downsizing and she had lived in the area for a long time and that was just what we had done was just her cup of tea basically, so it was good. Oh, that's <clears> great. And, uh, like, I think that the idea of, not taking out the wall but taking off the cladding is a really good exercise in making the most of what you've got rather than like we often talk about how builders and want to and trades want to sort of gut everything and start again but by really just reworking that what you had you got the effect but without the big you know the cost of actually taking out a structural wall. And did you get much feedback about that um, particular feature? We did. Everyone that came in absolutely loved it. And in fact, one of the one of our neighbours saw it and he said, oh, do you mind if I copy it? And I said, no, not at all. So he actually copied exactly the same what we did and he lets that unit out. But yes, so certainly the agent were impressed and thought it was a good idea. And yeah, it had the effect yeah. that we were hoping it would have. So, and I suppose that, that is the thing about renovation well, for me anyway, is trying to come up with solutions to the problem. I think that's, for me, that's a fun part of the challenge. Not everyone likes that, but yeah. I lay awake yeah. sometimes. Like, How am I going to solve that problem? But <laughs> it, it, it worked for us in the end. But it also becomes your point of difference. So in terms of when people are looking at property, in terms of getting your price, your biggest enemy is usually your, your competition. So if you're able to think outside the square and solve problems in ways that make them appealing rather than just the problem, the solution to a problem, then you're, you're sort of, you're a win, yeah. it's a win-win. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And so you bought that property, what was the purchase price? Um, I, I know these details, but I just can't remember. Yeah, that's okay. So the purchase price was $620,000. I've got all the figures here. Oh. Yeah, we sold it for 802000 So renovation costs were 64000 Holding yeah. costs, because it was two years, was $7,000. And, of course, our sales and marketing was 16000 so that left us with a, a profit of $90,000, so which was excellent. That's a really good Yeah, we were yeah, really happy. Yeah. 
And so what would you say your biggest challenges were in that, like, I guess, sorry, I'm preempting what you're going to answer, so I'll just let you go. (laughs) Um, the, The biggest challenge for me was the kitchen. So the kitchen had a, we wouldn't change the layout. We thought the kitchen layout was great. The, the kitchen was actually in really good condition. It was just, it just needed updating. So we thought we would be clever and we would just, first of all, we thought we'd have a company come in and just replace the, the bench top and the cupboard doors. But the price that they came back with, I could have put a new kitchen in for that. So we decided not to go down that path and just replace the doors ourselves. However, for someone who's never done that before, that proved to be quite challenging because we had the the doors and then they have, I didn't know there were so many different types of hinges and you have to be very careful that you replace the hinges with, with the same type of hinges. And because I wanted soft close hinges, that didn't work. So in the end, I had to put the old hinges back on to make the doors fit it, it was a it was a, a nightmare but it's a lesson learned and the kitchen looked beautiful in the end and no one would know but the uh, to get it to that stage we would have been much cheaper off having the original company come in and just do it because it added a long it, a, a lot of extra time and worry and thinking oh this is not going to work at all but it did in the end so that was my biggest challenge my second biggest challenge was dealing with a neighbour who didn't like any noise coming from the property and we tried to keep it very quiet, but in the end we got there. But, yes, I, I would say my kitchen was, was my biggest challenge. To be fair, I believe that the supplier of the doors was actually quite negligent in how he supplied them, giving you doors that are not set up to accept the, mm. the hinges is just like, yes. Yep. So I think that I think you should not be hard on yourself because that was really, you know, pretty tough. It, you know. it was. And we because I hadn't done it before, I thought, oh, well, that's just how they all do it. And, and I thought I'll just get someone to do the hinges, but it didn't work that way. So we did that all ourselves. I've learned a lot. Let's put it that way. Yeah. That's awesome. And so, and did you style a property? Do you bring a styling company in or? No, no. I must admit the, the family hate me when it's t- styling time because I take furniture and bits and pieces away from everywhere. My husband kept saying, when am I getting my coffee table back? And my daughter wanted her dining room table, <laughs> chairs back and things like that. But no, it's only for a short period of time. And I suppose I have a not a distinctive way of styling, but because I feel so intimately involved with the property. I feel as if I know exactly what's going to work. So, yeah, so be, between us all, we pull furniture together and bedding and linen to make it all, we, we hope anyway, to, to make it all look cohesive and luxurious, I suppose that's what we want. Um, some of the pieces we bought, I, we were also having a wedding at the end of the year and I needed a lot of outdoor pieces in the garden. It was a garden wedding. So a Facebook Marketplace was great. I bought outdoor furniture. It, actually, Marketplace is fantastic for styling pieces. I ended up keeping a lot of the, the things, but the good thing about it is that you can on-sell them again and yeah. so that helps keep the styling costs down. Yeah, and yeah, as it also gives me an excuse to see something really beautiful, and I want to, I think, oh, I'll just buy it for the styling, and I'll keep it for myself later. <laughs> then it becomes tax deductible, doesn't it? Yes. So yeah, and I think 
that's the thing when your passion is around creating that beautiful space the type the styling is sort of the the plum job that you don't want to give away and like yeah, some people right. and some people will only ever go with professional stylists but I do think that if you have a flair that you also have a flair to make it like there's lots of beautiful companies that do beautiful styling uh, styling but they do tend to make it look less like a home and more like a like something staged and like I think that you can probably and particularly for your market you can probably do both so yes yeah. yeah yeah not everyone has it but so how do you source your projects oh well I'm one of those people that loves research I love looking for houses online and I love going to opens. The latest project that we've got actually, we I went through with a friend who's a real estate agent. So I've also been able to, over the years, been able to pick up a couple of properties that were off market. And so, yeah, so between that and, and just trying to source something myself, that, that's basically how I find the properties, yeah. And you've sort of become the unofficial but official sort of authority on your area inside the Wonder Women community. I've noticed you've been going out and looking properties for quite a few of the women. So it's, yeah. I love to see your sort of expertise that you've built up over the years actually, yeah, putting it to good use. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I enjoy doing I love going out and ha- having a look and careful with my opinion, but I always give an opinion on whether I think something's a good buy or not, yeah. <laughs> whether, whether that's wanted or not. But, yeah, I've been really excited to see, like, Lucy up in this area now, Joanne partnered with, so it's good. Yeah. It's good. Well, we will talk about that project in a minute. But one thing I did want to say is that most people, women in your position, would be sitting back doing very little, and you and I have had this conversation about you look around and the people around you are looking at you think, what are you doing that? For tell me what it is that you get out of it, like personally, like what inspires you to go out and seek out a project and work on it when you probably don't really need to, or there's other things that you could be doing. So, what is it? I think it gives me a purpose. Maybe it's because I don't have grandchildren, I don't know, but it gives me a purpose. And I'd love seeing old places being brought back to life giving them and to make them a home for for a new family I think that's what I like to to see at the end of the day where you have this satisfaction of okay this is what I've I've created or I've helped to create I think that's it I, I just I like being busy I'm not one of these people as much as I'd love to be able to just sit down and read a book all day I look I have a stack of books that I would love to be able to just sit down and, and read and maybe that time will come. But at the moment, I don't know, I suppose I just have too much energy. I just can't yeah. just sit still and do nothing. I, I need to have something to do. Mm. I love that, Mary. And I have to tell you, the, the grandchildren will come. Oh, yeah, well, maybe, maybe not. It does, it, and and it, that doesn't really matter. It was just I thought I'd put that in. I don't know why. But, but yeah, look, basically, and at the moment, of course, I'm, doing a lot of my work together with my daughter and I think that I love that too because I think we have a really good working relationship and I don't know she energizes me she makes me take on new technology um look at she's just sent me a photo of a 3d module of a kitchen that we've that that we hope to be doing um 
not that I'm going to learn how to do that, but uh, it's yeah, it amazes me that all. It, I think it just keeps you young, or, or you, you hope it keeps you young. Let's put it that way. They probably think yeah. I'm still young, but <laughs> no, like I, I totally agree. And I and the other thing I wanted to talk about really was the ripple effect that, like, I really think that as a mother, when you take this on, that you really. You know, what they say, when a mum, mother does well, the whole family does well, and you can see, and that's not to say that to discount the value of fathers in the relationship, but in the past mothers have tended to be less visible in these areas and yet, and now, like I see what you're doing, you and Lila are doing together, the fact that you build a business together, that must give you a lot of satisfaction as a mother to see her blossoming and walking in your footsteps yes. in some yeah it, it does and I suppose someone asked me the other day why I started the business that you know of the short-term accommodation which was you know back in the 90s when my children were born it was very much the thing that you had your children you put them into care and then you went to and you went back to work and I remember at work they said to me oh you'll never stay at home and be a mum you'll hate it but I actually loved it. It sounds, you know, I actually loved it when they were babies and being at home with them. The only thing was that it does limit your world and it was because my husband travelled a lot. It was when I was on the phone to him and I used baby talk when I talked to him. I was like, oh, my goodness, I've got to stop. I've got to actually get out into the big wide world again. <laughs> so then, then just through that progression and I also didn't want my, and this sounds terrible, I also didn't want my kids just to think of me oh mum was just at home she didn't do anything and maybe it was my insecurity I don't know but that's when I started looking around and thought I am in a really good position here where I I can actually afford to stay at home which was lovely and look after my children and I had enough time to then I found a new interest and that was real estate and I started looking at properties in our area and so that's basically how I started never expecting any of the kids wanting to come into it and it was purely by accident that Lila came into it because I never ever pushed or never even suggested it because it was my thing and no one else's but no I am really happy that she's come into it because she's given it new life it's grown and yeah it's given yeah both of us a very lovely working relationship so it's good and I think also like you were saying you were saying before about Lila keeping you young with her ideas and her energy I think the flip side of that is that she's getting the benefit of your years of wisdom and that's happening in a way that's sort of like osmosis like you're not having to teach her it's just by being around one another that automatically filters through which is a really I think a good and natural way for you know things to yes be imparted so, yeah. That is very true because the, the thing that I, I smile about now is that when I hear her speak with clients, she's so much more diplomatic than what I am, which really surprises me. I think I'm pretty diplomatic, but she's so lovely with the clients and I just thought that I just think that's fantastic because at home she's not like that. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's usually the story, isn't it? What did they say? Street angel, home rebel or something? You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I know one of the things that many women, like women in general, we're fairly hard on ourselves and a lot really worry about making a mistake. And for some, that that the burden of that weighs really heavily. Is that something that you've experienced? 
And if it is, how have you managed um, it? I think it, initially you do feel that. And the way that you get over is, that up is by actually sharing that burden, is by actually talking about it too. And I've found that my husband has been extremely supportive. I often say there's no way that the business could have gone the way it had he been one of these old-fashioned people said, oh, no, my wife, she's not doing that. But it's so it's been a a very liberating experience within our marriage too. And I know that he takes great pride in in what we've achieved. And I can remember a number of years ago there was an ad on TV about the guy coming home or speaking to his wife over the phone and he said, what, you bought a Jeep? My husband always tells the story, well, I'm the one that used to come home from overseas and my my son had Oh, sorry, my my wife would say, I've just bought another house. And he, he said, so he said the ad for a Jeep, well, that's nothing. My, my wife bought a house, you know, <laughs> um, without discussing it with me. And I said, well, because sometimes you've got to make a quick decision, you know, you can't always wait for your husband to come home from overseas from, from work. So I think a, a supportive family makes a huge difference. And if you... And no, no mistake is insurmountable. You can you always get through it. And in and in the end, it it is just a mistake that you can fix. It's not, it's not 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 a death sentence or you know. Yeah, it's not. I always think that it's about making right mistakes. You don't like there's big ones that you don't want to work make, and you've, I guess, been responsible and you've got training and and support in that. Every project has mistakes, doesn't it? I think that's the thing that has taught me the the most of every project. Nothing ever runs smoothly. And if you think that you're going to get into a project and it's just going to run smoothly from woe to go, then you've got to, you're making a mistake. And, and I suppose you have to have resilience. If you make a mistake, you have to acknowledge the mistake and then figure it out, you know, and yeah. um, and have to have confidence in yourself that you can figure it out. And if you can't, then you share it with other people like on She Renovates or with Wonder Women and people help you solve your, solve your problem. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's the very wise words. Now, just one more thing. So you've now just entered into you've got, got another project and this is a different arrangement. So it's a joint venture with one of the other Wonder Women. Yes. So some people would look at that and say, well, you can do projects on your own. Why do you want to do a joint venture? So the reason was the previous projects that I've, I've done have mainly been um, apartments and Joanne and I ventured or joined up together um, because we actually wanted to do a house. We thought it would be lovely to do a, to do a, a family home, and I couldn't afford to do that by myself. And so Joanne and I have gone in fifty fifty. So that would be less for each of us, less than the cost of an apartment. So that that worked out. And we've still got some buffer in the in the kitty there. Um, so we've worked that that all out, and so we've bought this house, which is forty six years old, in beautiful condition, but just forty six year old decor. And so we're just going we're going to spruce up the garden. is going to be our is going to be our biggest challenge because it's on nineteen hundred square meters, uh, bush block, and it just looks a little unloved. That's all. So there's a bit of work to be done there. So we'll get going with that and settlements at the end of the month, uh, end of uh, March and, yeah, we're all, all ready to go. All the planning is 
getting all the quotes and all of that. So lots of fun. So even though you've done a lot, there's a, there is still new skills to develop, and so this is a, a new stage where you're working with someone that's not in your family. So you're doing yeah, and so that will mean. Because I know you've experienced this, and I, we do too. Is we tend when it's in the in the family, we tend to go in and do things that we shouldn't. Like we tend to, you know, like I don't know about paint, but yeah. Whereas I think once you step out into that joint venture with someone else, then you take the reno up a level. So in terms of you need yeah. to be organised, get your trades organised. Yeah, you're accountable to someone other than family. So it's an interesting. Yeah, it it is it it is very different, and I'm very aware of it. And because a lot of uh, decisions in the past you could just make on the fly, whereas now you are obliged to involve the the other person. And luckily, Joanne and I get on well. She's much more organised than I am when it comes to paperwork, and so she compliments me greatly on on that part. And and because she um, doesn't live close to the project, she hopes to be able to come out once or twice a week once it, once we get going. But at the moment, we can do a lot with emails, and she works full time, so we we're doing all the quoting here, and and that's fine. It's just phone calls and just making appointments, and it's literally ten minutes down the road from me, so it's that that that's fine. But yes, it does. Like this, this, the 3D photo or picture that I've talked about before of the kitchen, that is specifically also to send to Joanne so that she has an idea of what I'm thinking because Lila and I think very similar and if she says, oh, you know, this is what I have in mind, I can see it straight away. But obviously Joanne doesn't have that advantage and so we've drawn that up for her now. So hopefully we can get a tick of approval without uh, without her having to come out and have a look and then we can go to the kitchen maker with with, with Joanne and so that we can pick out a, a colour and a style of, of uh, cupboard doors. So And also yeah, the so. flip side of that is the benefits to Joanne is she's doing a project with someone that's more experienced than her and has a lot of the structures in place so there's there's definite yeah I love to see it because I think that it's empowering from both sides of the coin and yeah so and hopefully we'll well not hopefully in a few months time we'll be recording an episode celebrating the outcome of that project Mm, yeah definitely and and I'm trying to be very good with this so I've actually got my own little booklet that I keep everything in is just specific to this to this project so that I have a bit of a template. So if this goes well and then we can move on to the next one. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, yes, yeah. So that's what Joanna's taught me to keep notes and <laughs> and to uh to, and to record everything. So that's really good. Beautiful. Yeah. Otherwise Yes. Yeah. I think you and I are tired a little bit with the same brush. We work with <laughs> Yeah, it takes a bit of work to get those processes. So I want to thank you for sharing your story because I know that you will inspire lots of women who are wondering whether they've left it too late or whatever. And I'm really proud of what you are, you and Lila and now Joanne are achieving. I think you're becoming 
a bit of a powerhouse of renovators and who knows what's next. Oh, who knows? Yes, yeah, we'll, we'll see what else, uh, what else comes up in the pipeline when we have this one on the market. So it'll be yeah. exciting. I have this whole picture in my mind of what it's going to look like. So, <laughs> so yes, and, of course, we hopefully we'll get to see your project because retreat is going to be quite near where your project is, so we'll be. Well, it, it, it is, it is. And, of course, Lila's project, her house is just around the corner as well, and she says it's literally three minutes from there so yeah so you'll be able to have a look at at hers as well so it's really yeah yeah okay well thank you for for that mary and um this is the she renovates podcast to discover how to harness the power of renovating check out the school of renovating.com